very good morning to you. Welcome into today's program. We're with you right through until 12 midday on today's program. Storm Isha, indeed. Following her departure, we get an update from the city and the county. We'll give you an update, too, from the ESB on today's program. We're also looking at referendums in March, uh, causing some concern there. It's all about kombucha and a lovely story coming the way. And also the passing of an absolute gentleman, Tom Hussey. Today, also, how do you fancy uh, trying a triathlon? Have you ever thought about it? Give you details on that. We have Galway Great today, and today's Galway Great is the wonderful Don Stiff. We have the sports review, including a wonderful win by St. Thomas, as you heard from David there. And much more with you now on 12 midday. Comment lines are open on 086 38 33 55 3. A very good morning to you. Now, very good morning to you. Welcome into today's programme. We are with you right through until 12 midday uh, today. And Storm Isha has left. She's departed and she's left the room and... Uh, She's left a bit of devastation in her path, so she has as well. Uh, but we'll be giving you a full update on that. Just currently, I'm just looking at um, the uh, ESB situation and what's unfolding there. Um, currently, the worst area out of power this morning happens to be um, Tune North. There's 1,732 people out there. Uh, Glenamady is at 647. Saltill is at 292. Kilcolgan, 47. Uh, Clifton has the guts of 238. Uh, Kong is at 80 uh, without power. And again, Hedford, 123. So there's quite, quite a few people indeed uh, without power as we speak uh, today. And again, roughly from all of the power checks that we've done uh, today, just bear with me one second. From all of the power checks we've done today, um, what they've done, uh, what they seem to have done is put 6pm as the uh, time that it's all going to kick back in again. Uh, it's it's really and truly, I mean, just right across the board. I think a lot of the damage could be done by that um, 110 kVA line that's down in Carnmore. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll be getting an update on that as well. Uh, but if you're out, uh, stay tuned. We'll be giving you fully updated right throughout the day today, not just on Galway Talks. Uh, right throughout uh, local news today, we'll keep you fully informed and each and every one of the presenters as well. Let me go to the county first off uh, today. I want to go to uh, Derek Pender, Director of Services, and uh, the lead on this um, storm as well. He joins you on the line. Derek, good morning to you. Good morning, Keith. Good morning uh, to your listeners. Thanks for joining us uh, today. Just looking, I mean, Tune North is out of electricity, 1732. How did the county fare, can I ask you? It was one of the worst that I can remember in life. It was, and um, look, well, it, we, we prepared for it early, so in, in preparing for the response, uh, we have a severe weather assessment team here in the county. Uh, we mobilised that on Saturday evening and again early yesterday morning. Um, and then there was also the local coordination group, which includes all our blue light services, and that was convened on Saturday as well. So everybody was up to speed and prepared for what Storm Isa was bringing. Um, the county was put on a red wind alert at 5 p.m. yesterday, but I can tell you that the alerts were coming in uh, from around half three onwards. I was getting notifications of trees being felled around the county. Uh, so whilst it only lasted a few hours, it certainly did leave a trail of destruction uh, behind it. Um, and I would just ask Keith that, I mean, there are trees down everywhere. So I would just ask that the public be patient with us, please, in terms of the cleanup. I mean, from Clifton in the east to Ballinus, or Clifton in the west to Ballinasloe and Milltown to Gort, there are trees and poles uh, down everywhere across the entire county, blocking roads. Yeah, but uh, I mean, we, the, will get, we will get to them, Yeah, well, you're uh, just not as quickly. 
Yeah, no, I know your your concern is that um, somebody might, you know, locals might come together and uh, try and uh, get rid of these Absolutely. trees. Absolutely. You're concerned about what's yeah. in the trees, not the trees themselves. There could be wires or otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, look, I'm just imploring everybody. There are reports coming in of people attempting to move the debris and the trees off the roads by themselves. Please do not do that. Uh, there's trained people ready to go out and do that on your behalf. There, There is a likelihood that there are live power cables um, in wrapped around and entangled in the trees. So we're just imploring everybody not to do that. We will get to them, I promise you that. But just be patient with us. I was talking about uh, power outages and the 110 kVA line in Carnmore. That's in, in the county. Where where are you with that now? Because that's first off quite quite significant to the power that's and the people that are out of power. Yeah. So so the that's one of the bigger incidents that we've had, Keith. Now, whilst the 110 kV line has not actually come down. It has been severely compromised and it has been treated as if it has come down. I mean, there was gusts at half five yesterday evening recorded of up to 110 kilometres an hour. So that road out in Castle Gar is closed at the moment and there's crews from Galway County Council and on Gardaíochtaí Corner were there overnight and there's crews there this morning from the ESB uh, determining what the best course of action in relation to that. But that road, I suspect, will remain closed for the, for the duration of the day. And what road is that, Terry? Roughly, whereabouts is so it? So, if you if you if you go past the airport heading towards Monavay, yeah, it's out out along there, uh, straight okay. out the old Monavay road. Okay, so and but that's closed uh, to traffic. Um, it's currently it? currently closed and will remain so until a course of action has been determined and how to deal with that issue out there. And again, the council are the lead on this, but the ESB then will be the ultimate ones to determine absolutely. How, oh, absolutely. where to go they, from there. Those guys, those guys and girls will carry out whatever necessary works need to happen there. I was I was looking at um, what was unfolding. I mean, Clifton seemed to get a fair old pummeling. Um, but again, did the Iron Islands fare out okay? The, the, the report I have in the Iron Islands is again poles and power outages down. Um, that's the only one that I have here in front of me. I have a list. Keith, <laughs> the phone was hopping all night. We have a text alert system set up, which members of the public can can sign up to. Actually, it's a very it's very um, good way of being able to keep up to speed on everything that is happening. But the phones have been hopping. The only things that I have in from the islands are Inishmore. There was poles down there last night and power outages. And Clifton, I mean, there was, at one stage last night there was 1,100 homes without power in Clifton, uh, but was there any damage done in and around the uh, Bay Area? There? Yeah, the, the, yeah look, we were fortunate, if that's the word, in that we had no coastal flooding reports uh, uh, in our usual hotspots of kind of Spiddle, Ornmore, Clarenbridge, Canvara. Um, so, but there were, particularly out the N59, north of Clifton, up Letter Frack, the N59 was closed for a considerable period of time yesterday due to trees down. And that it's it, it's the same story across the entire county, Keith, this morning. It's trees and poles are our main things. The localised spot flooding is receding. The crews are out opening up water tables and cleaning out drains, etc., as they're moving the trees off the road at the same time. How many people from the council were out? I mean, there must have been as, as many as you could find out. And yeah, look, compliments to all involved in it. Yeah. And, and look, I'd like, actually, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank not only the council workers, but our colleagues in Angarda Shiakana and the fire service. The crews, the council crews were out uh, prior to the red alert. When the red alert is ongoing, the crews are stood down for health and safety reasons. But as soon as the red alert was lifted again last night at nine o'clock, they were out again until the small hours. And they were out again uh, from six o'clock this morning and will continue to stay out until such a time as we get the county moving again. And from a damage point of view, outside of what would be under the control of the council, have you come across many sheds that have had 
Uh, oh, look, you yeah, get the usual. Unfortunately, Keith, there's trampolines have turned into missiles all over the county. Uh, smaller sheds, roofs, slates, the usual stuff uh, um, that we, you would expect after an incident like this. Yeah, mm. it's it's across the entire it's across the entire western seaboard. Galway, Mayo, Donegal, Sligo, they all got particularly badly hit. Even ourselves, I mean, I put the bins away, I locked them away, so I did put a, put the garden chairs up against them, put them right up against the kitchen window, tied them yeah. up. And at one stage last night, during, during the red, um, the main bin, the bin bin, whatever you call it, so, uh, that goes to, to <laughs> landfill or wherever it goes to, it took off like a tissue, so it did. And yeah. it just swirled like a tornado. Uh, I left it Absolute, until, until the red went. The, the, small, the, the smallest things turn turn into exactly, as you said, torpedoes, and they, they can become very, very dangerous if they're not, if they're not uh, battened down. But I had everything else down, but you, I, I thought in here where they were, it was just so close to the house, they were nearly inside the, the back door. But um, yeah. it still took off, and and it was in an alcove. But it still caught it and, and took it. Oh, it will. It, 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 the wind like that, the way it, the, 110 kilometres an hour was recorded at 5.30 and that was at the start of the red alert yesterday, Keith. So I would suspect once we go back through the data this morning that there'll be gusts even recorded higher than that again. But 110 kilometres an hour will, will lift yourself off the ground if you're, yeah. if you're not ready for it. If you were silly enough to go out in it. Uh, and, and people were uh, we, we, silly we, enough. And people were, unfortunately, out in it. Mm. Um, so today then moving forward if there's a major problem uh, 509,000 would be the, the council number yeah, there um, exactly but that, that would be it but don't do it yourself is the key message please do not today. do it yourself just uh, link in with your local office and cruise it will be put on a list and we will get to it and Keith can I just I want to give a, a special please mention do. to I mean the crews are out there working hard and that's brilliant but they can't do it without the assistance of some of the, the, the guys and girls here in the back office and I just want to give a shout out to Claire and Aoife and Martin who were keeping all the social media platforms updated throughout the night last night uh, we couldn't have done it without their help and indeed Keith to you and your colleagues there in Galway Bay um, who put put all those alerts up on your platforms as well we really absolutely. do appreciate it it's a, it's a it's a group effort a community effort to try and get the county moving again absolutely well done to john uh, mulligan yesterday through everything i don't know how he just did it all and uh, thank you for joining us uh today Derek pender joining us uh, there let me come into the city and let me go to patrick green director of services uh with galway city council and he joins me on the line today patrick good morning to you Good morning, Keith. Thanks, thanks for joining us uh, today. Again, I had to come into town to get sandbags for somebody yesterday, but it was early morning. But your crews were out since very early morning yesterday. We were, Keith, yeah. We, we actually had them, they were out on Saturday. Uh, we, we had a national directory meeting on Friday evening. Following that, we had our own, uh, I suppose, local coordination group meeting on uh, Saturday morning. And that that's involved the, the guards, the fire, uh, rescue, Civil Defence um, and the HSE, and based on that, then we we made some decisions to close uh, the um, promenade, as uh, um, you say, Sea Pine Promenade from from the roundabout down to Grattan Business School, and to close the the beaches at that stage based on the orange yellow warning we had at that point. Yeah. Um, now, following that, then we uh, on on Sunday morning we held another meeting because we got upgraded into red. Um, and then there was another national director meeting. So following that, we we then took the further decisions yesterday with that group to close the dock road uh, and to keep the other closures in place um, uh, for that. Because a lot high wind, I suppose, with the, with the tide, although it's neat tides, uh, with the high wind, and we were, there was a big surge. It was probably one of the biggest surges they've seen in in a number of years. Which we got to point eight one, 
Uh, and I suppose based on that, we, we took the decisions to, to, to close the roads that we did. So that was uh, the Dock Road, Ross Hill Road, and um, the Sea Pound Promenade from, from the roundabout down to the business school. Nope. Um, they are now open, and Ross Hill Road has just been checked as we speak, so hopefully that will be open shortly. But more than Derek, I mean, you, the, you, the team um, that were out yesterday and Saturday and Friday preparing for it uh, from Galway City Council need to be commended, to be quite honest. What, what I can't get over is the stupidity of people, Patrick, because I had to get sandbags into new docks, and I did. I got them in six sandbags, and I picked them up and brought them, and I had to get them done yesterday, early yesterday morning. But the amount of people who came up to the dock road saw that that road was closed and went around it and kept going down the dock road, absolutely, I was flabbergasted. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, people uh, sometimes don't uh, acknowledge uh, what we're trying to do. Um, but really, when when they see those signs, they should be taking caution. I mean, it's it's really up to people then to, to be responsible and and to take the few extra minutes. And while it might delay them, I think they they, they need to do that. And that is a challenge. Uh, we couldn't close it fully uh, in that we had to allow traffic coming the other way to come back out. Yeah. Um. um but uh, I suppose that's meant a challenge, and it would have been quite a diversion had we. Uh, we had to go further and, and that wasn't really possible yesterday at short notice so mm. it, it is a challenge uh, Keith you're correct it, it's, it's a challenge but we really ask people to, to listen to what we're saying and while there was no impact in the end um, you know it, we're all working off the best information that we have uh, and we're all just, uh, trying to keep safe uh, as best we can and when you have a red warning uh, it's all about life saving that's that's what the National Directive Rule promotes you that's what we're trying to promote, is to make sure that people stay safe. And, and that's really why we do these. We're not doing this to inconvenience anybody. No, and the amount of people, I believe, again, I wasn't there, but the amount of people who were on the prom, and some of the photographs that circulated of people uh, with photographic equipment in the height of it going down to the diving board uh, in Black Rock. I mean, crazy stuff. And then if something happened, it, the emergency service would have to go and try and rescue these people. Correct, yeah. And, and look, it's, it's, it's really, uh, I suppose... We, we can't uh, monitor everywhere. Um, we're, we're really, people have to take responsibility. Absolutely. And it, it was important to see that picture yesterday. Um, it was really disappointing that someone would actually attempt that um, uh, yesterday. But thankfully, uh, it was no nobody uh, injured or hurt. But it, it could have been very much worse, you know. And, and that's always the risk. But I think uh, lessons yeah. can be learned from here. But I mean, I, I, I was also, my wife showed me a photograph on social media uh, last night, where some Egypt uh, went down to the uh, diving board. The water was nearly as high as the diving board. The, the waves coming in, dump, jumped in, swam over, came back up again and got out. And some other Egypt was videoing him every step of the way. I mean, it's yeah. this, was in, this was in the middle of it all, so it was Patrick Green. And you just wonder the mentality of people doing it. But look at, there but for the grace of God go I... And like people do what they do, and that's it. Otherwise, though, there was no major damage, no major flooding, no major damage within the city area. No, look at the flooding. In, uh, thankfully, we had no major flooding in the city area. Uh, that was that was a really positive. Um, I suppose we have a number of trees down, uh, particularly Rock Barton Road, uh, and that will probably remain closed for most of the day because that has taken down quite a few of electric cables, would it? Um, so our crews are working there with the ESB at the moment. Um, and and uh, trying to restore that, uh, it's not creating a problem in that. I think you can into the road from both sides, so that should be okay. We just have a report of Borna Drive at the minute that's been checked out. Uh, Shamus Creek Road is a, a tree down across the road there from Duns, um, and and Ginnetin Hill is another one we have a report on. Now the reports are still coming in, Keith. So yeah. uh, this list will probably grow. Um, there is a lot of debris around. 
we had a lamppost down there beside the bridge. That's right. We had a clock uh, come down at Garvey's. Um, the tennis uh, dome, I believe, is is quite damaged um, uh, from what I'm hearing. Uh, and small power outages in at uh, Henry Street uh, as well. And that appears to be back on and appears to be okay. Traffic lights, we haven't had too many issues. Uh, we have a few pedestrian uh, lights that is giving trouble. Uh, and we're currently walking through that list at the moment to see if, uh, wherever, uh, if there's any more issues out there. But uh, uh, again, uh, look, I'd like to thank the crews. Really good in uh, a tough weekend. Uh, walking hard. Have been out as soon as light was available. Um, uh, and all of the back office uh, support, uh, and particularly communications team, uh, and um, our senior engineering team as well in transport who have coordinated all over the weekend. Well so everybody has, has done their bit. Yeah. So well done, a bull of us to both to, to every one of them indeed, and on Garda Shikona and the fire services as well. Uh, Patrick, thank you so much for joining us uh, today. Patrick Green, Director of Services, Galway City Council. Thank you to Derek Pinder, uh, Galway County Council. If they have updates indeed between on twelve midday, they will come back to us and keep us fully updated. Uh, but again, thank you to all involved. But to all the crews that went out that put up those signs to stop Aegis going down the dock road for the Aegis to go around. I mean, it, it, well done to you all. Just take a take a bow collectively. Uh, again, further details can be had right throughout the programme here. Just don't go anywhere else. Quick commercial break. We're back just after these. Now, very good morning to you. Welcome into today's uh, programme. We are with you right through until 12 midday. Two referendums to change Ireland's uh, constitution regarding gender and family will be held on the 8th of March 2024. And the government approved this following um, that report from the Citizens' um, um, assembly as well. I want to go to, to two guests who join me on the programme today. Senator Gerard Crockwell joins me on the line. Sir, Senator Crockwell, good morning to you. Good morning, Keith. Thanks and for joining us uh, today. Good. And Senator Pauline O'Reilly, good morning to you as well. Thank you indeed for joining us. Uh, can you hear me okay there? Thank you for joining us. Senator Crockwell, you, you've issued a very strong statement which I've gone through over the weekend a few times uh, in relation to the, uh, referend- the two referendums indeed. What's your concern here, can I ask? And will you keep it very simple because I'm trying to simplify it so people understand it so that there won't be voter apathy and they will go out and they will vote on the 8th of March. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, look, I mean, the, the situation is very simple. For a referendum to be held, there must be a bill passed through the House of Parliament. The bill has a number of stages that it goes through where members of Parliament can submit amendments that may improve the bill. Okay. Uh, in the case of the the referendum bill, we uh, it comes into the Senate today, which is unusual. Uh, it come in on a Monday, comes into the Senate today, and it must be done and dusted by close of business tomorrow afternoon. Uh, and the impact of that is no amendments will be accepted from the Senate. Uh, so, in point of fact, the Government have already made up their mind what they want the wording of the referendum to be. They are not interested in the democratic process and they're going to put the referendum to the people without it passing through all of the stages in an open, fair and transparent okay, can, way in the Oireachtas. Can I what ask, are they can afraid I, of? Can I ask you though, if it goes in today, which is now 33 minutes past nine, and it has to be done in dust by what time tomorrow? By close of business, so around about 6 o'clock or 6.30 6 tomorrow evening. But a, but a lot of work can be done between now and 6 o'clock tomorrow evening to get this and to be happy with it. Uh, absolutely nothing can be done. Why? They're not interested in anything we have to see. 
they, they've told us they will not accept any amendments. So uh, it, what they are doing is usurping the democratic process. Bear with me if you don't mind. Um, Senator O'Reilly, um, as a senator and indeed a legal person, is he correct? Well, I was the vice chair of the Gender Equality Committee, which was looking at this, and we did work over about 11 months on it. And in fact, there's been work done for decades. Um, I was also a witness at, um, at a joint directors committee before I was even a politician because I feel so passionately about this issue and about the rights of stay-at-home parents. And um, so, you know, <laughs> there's a huge amount of work to get to this point. And whether or not there are amendments accepted, um, unfortunately, I think Senator Crockwell, he's already indicated <clears throat> that he'll be voting no regardless. Um, so, you know, I, I don't really want to go into whether or not he feels he had an opportunity to say it. I think he never came to any committee meeting, certainly at the gender equality one, which he could have come and had his say, um, as far as I remember. But, you know, I really just want to focus on the referendum and there's a lot in it um, in some ways and yet it's really, really simple in other ways. So for people who are listening, um, it, you know, there, oftentimes there's confusion around referenda. Like sometimes we forget that, but there was the exact same kind of confusion around any previous referenda I've been involved in. And, and as you know, I was very, very involved in repeal. Um, and I really want people to get the message that voting yes and yes, so there are two referenda, is really important for three groups of people one is all of us because um, whether you're a man or a woman, um, it's really important that you don't have sexism in your constitution because that's just not who we are anymore. We don't tell people how they should live their lives and the referendum should, uh, sorry, the constitution should reflect okay. that and remove what we all talked about for years, which is telling women that your place is in the home. The second bit is I've been a, I was a stay-at-home parent for nearly 10 years and what we didn't want to do is just remove that bit and not recognise the really valuable work that people do, caring for children, caring for older persons, and indeed caring for each other as adults, whether that's people with disabilities or others. Okay. Um, and then the third really important thing is 42% of children born last year were born outside of marriage, and yet the Constitution doesn't recognise them. So it's saying marriage is still really important, but there are also other types of relationships that are really important, and those families need to be recognised equally. That's okay. all it is. Okay. So I, I wish people wouldn't play, play politics with it and would just recognise how important it is to all of us. Stay with me. Central Crockwell, what is so wrong with that? That seems very, very simple to me. Is he gone? He's gone. I seem to have lost him. Is he going to go back up again? Uh, Central Crockwell, did you hear Central O'Reilly there? Sorry, I, I, yeah, I missed a lot of what was said. But look, I would ask. Uh, no, but hold on, one, just uh, is the system that? Sorry. No, yeah, I mean, there's, 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 there's three Losing aspects. You there. No, yeah, can you get me now? There, I mean, we're, 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 she summarised very well there. Yeah. Um, a woman's place in the home, uh, recognising caring for children. Um, there was forty-two percent of children born last year were born outside of marriage. That these amendments uh, recognise and and kind of tidy that up from there. She asked that politics not be um, used in the, in this regard. So why would you be objecting to those three or urging people to vote no because of a process that you're unhappy with the government about? Or are you unhappy with the wording of the three? 
the two, two uh, th- no I, 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 first and foremost Michael McDougall wrote an article in the last few days uh, if it's not broken don't fix it and none of the three things that she has adverted to uh, are in any way jeopardised by the absence of this change to the constitution okay, so That's what the have first you thing. against it the second then? thing is uh, sorry I, the, the line is desperately bad Okay, what are are your main concerns? Is it the process that the government have gone through and not letting it go through the House of the Shannon? Or is it the wording of the referenda themselves? It's the process. It is the... uh rush to get this through uh, that they're, for example it's rushed through the doil and now it's coming to the Senate and regardless of the fact that committees have set and considered this there is only one way that it must go through the House and that is through all stages stage 2, committee stage report stage and final stage and those stages are being rubber stamped out of existence so uh, my view on this is that they're ramming this through it's the wrong way to do it So if, if you had your time in, in um, if you had your time in the Shannon to consider this and you were given as much time as needed to consider this uh, would you be in favour of the two referenda? Uh, bottom line on it is I don't see a demand for either of the two of them. Uh, I, I haven't heard a demand within any of the people I know. Um, but I would be willing to consider um, the the uh, referenda once we had the proper democratic process. When you start to usurp the democratic process or when you start to undermine the democratic process, where does it end? That's the problem I have. Okay, bear with me one second. I hope I don't lose you again. If I do, I'll try and get you back on the phone. Central Riley, I'm just, uh, it seems very clear to me, um, but the process which Central Crockwell is talking about and the length of time and not accepting submissions and all of that, um, is, is there a reason to rush it for the uh, 8th of March or could it be done with the local elections? I mean, look, with this referendum was supposed to go through in 2018. So, I mean, people can say it's rushed. In actual fact, an entirely new um, Joint Rocks Committee was set up, which, is, as I said, I was the vice chair of, and we had a lot of legal experts in. Um, and, you know, they gave their opinions, um, found it tricky enough to find wording that would work. Um, because what was people were speaking about in the first place was, let's just remove one article. But that wouldn't have done what the Citizens' Assembly wanted, which was to recognise care. wouldn't have done what I wanted, which was to recognise care in the home. And so the, the form of wording... I mean, the National Women's Council are calling for two yeses. Uh, family Cares Ireland calling for two yeses. One family, which is, which is about lone parents, calling for two yeses. And I'm nearly sure that Jared Crockwell is calling for no, if I if I understand it correctly. And I certainly know Michael McDougall is calling for no. But there weren't even enough people in the Dáil who were against it to even call a vote last week in the Dáil. Um, and so, you know, it passed. It, it passed with, with nearly 100%, maybe about 10 people, a little bit less than 10 who didn't agree. Mm. But they aren't agreeing on various kind of, in my view, spurious arguments. Um, in some ways, the challenge for us will be that there's not that much that's controversial about this compared to other referenda, and that there are people trying to make it controversial for their own political ends. And I don't think that that's fair to the women and men of Ireland. I don't think it's fair to family carers. 
And I certainly don't think it's, it's fair to children, as I say, the 42% of children born last year outside of marriage, and almost all of us have those okay. children in our family. I just don't think it's fair that people are using it in this way. So I'm, I'm asking people to go out and vote yes, yes, and say, we don't want this kind of nonsense we, um, of, of playing with people's lives and making people confused for the sake of it. Okay. And we also think our constitution is about our values. So it's a good thing to change it and say, yes, we still recognise care in the same way as we did in 1937. But no, we don't think it's only women who should have that choice. And that's what this is about. Well, it's Senator Riley, thank you for joining us uh, today. Uh, comment in and then I'll take a last uh, from Gerard Crockwell. Senator Crockwell, uh, hi Keith, if Catherine Connolly is voting no, uh, there must be something wrong with this referendum. She's always spot on with the government's workings. Senator Crockwell, can you just finish out there, um, basically? Um, Senator Riley sounds absolutely 100% confident that this needs to be done and you're still against it. <laughs> Could I ask Senator Riley if, for example, an amendment came through that made the wording of either referendum uh, much, much better? Is it not true it would have to go back to the Doyle to be debated there because it was initiated in the Doyle and that would usurp the government's plan to start the advertising campaign on Wednesday morning at 7am? Um, Senator Riley, do you, do you want to respond to that very briefly? Like, I mean, if there was something that came in, this has happened numerous times in the Shannon during the Dáil. If there was something came in that was glaring, I absolutely know that the minister would go, yeah, fair enough. Everybody's put, putting down amendments anyway. They're still going to be discussed. And if there was some glaring problem, the minister isn't going to just go and do the referendum. But the trouble here is that um, Jared Crockwell and, and all of the other politicians who are trying to make hay out of this going into elections haven't been able to, to point to any... Um, legal issue. And, you know, I heard that comment that came in. So, Such and such a, a person saying that they have a problem with it isn't the reason that you should vote in one way or another. Mm. Like, actually think about what you're voting for um, and, and not about the interests of politicians. I'm asking people, read up on it um, and look at Satisfy all the people yourself, who benefit yeah. from actually having the wording changed, as we have been looking for for decades. Listen, listen to the National Women's Council. Listen to Family Carers Ireland. I mean, I've met with carers and they have said to me, this is our referendum. At okay. last, we are going to have a recognition in the Constitution, in the way in which we want it. Obviously, people would always add in more and more rights if they could. But this is a simple question. Do you have an objection to family carers being recognised? Yes or no? And you know, I, I believe that people feel that carers do deserve to have a special mention in our constitution and that's what um, people should really think about. All right, Senator O'Reilly, thank you for joining us. Senator Crockwell, thank you for joining us. I'm running a little late, uh, but thank you all for joining us uh, today. And that event, as we speak, is scheduled now uh, for the uh, 8th, indeed, of March. So, um, further details, it's a Friday. Uh, further details can be had uh, online. And we'll keep you fully informed on this programme as well. Oh, very good morning to you. Welcome into the programme today. We're with you right through until uh, 12 midday. A lovely story has come our way all about kombucha. And I'm joined by Emmett Kerrigan and Keith Loftus in studio. When when did she start this, guys, uh, first off? Emmett, I'll go to you first off. Um, when uh, did she start we the? brewed our first batch of kombucha in 2016, and I think we sold our first bottle of kombucha in 2017 to... 
Kevin uh, from Ground and Co. He was our first uh, stockist. Vic- victim. Yeah, victim. A <laughs> <laughs> few of his customers, anyway. Uh, and from there, you've grown into um, a massive. Uh, you were in my column. You're now in Clear Galway. You're saying it's a very big space. Yeah, we 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 made three kind of moves over the time when we started manufacturing the kombucha. So we started off in the back of my house in a little old converted gym, and uh, that was our first kind of minimal viable product. And uh, that's where we were producing and selling to maybe 30 places around Galway. And then, you know, our friends and family who were like uh, eager to try some of this uh, fermented beverage. Then we moved to my Cullen um, underneath the Super Value. And um, that was like 2,000 square foot. And now we're in a 6,500 square foot facility out in Clare Galway. So that's our home at the moment. It's a big home, so it is, yeah big home and talk to me about I mean so you've because I remember you were selling it at, at festivals and all of that as well as, uh, during a period of time but go, go back though to Dunn Stores then when did Dunn Stores come online who'll take that one I'll go for that one well this is the first time that we've actually said that Dunn Stores is going on live so we wanted oh. to save that one for you Keith congratulations you've signed a big deal with Dunn Stores yeah the deal is done deal is done yeah um, how did that come about uh, I actually went through the email threads to refresh my memory to see how it came about and um, it was a contact that we got off. I can't remember who, but it was for the buyer of the, well, the head of the Simply Better range, mm-hmm. a man called Eric. And it began from us just kind of floating the boat of, because um, obviously Dunn stores are now, they're going for a very mm-hmm. um, upmarket, cool, yeah styled product range you can see it yeah yeah you can see it yeah Yeah. when you walk in like you know it's the simply better ranges everywhere and they're growing at like a huge rate so it's an area that we wanted to align ourselves with we kind of figured that done simply better range seemed to be one of the best um own labels so we thought that then kombucha all about kombucha would be well suited to them so we sent eric an email and um we hadn't even moved into claire galway at that stage so it was early days yet but we were trying to see you know would they would they be interested in it? And um, yeah, it was 2021, I think it was, 2022, still in and around the time of COVID. So mm. things were very unsettled. The whole food industry was massively unsettled. So does this contract, without breaching any confidence, which we wouldn't ask you to do unless you really and truly want to, <laughs> uh, would this, um, Keith, will this, has this changed the whole production line altogether? Yeah, well, it's a big deal because this is this is the first time we're producing somebody else's kombucha. You know, it has our name on the back. This is produced by All About Kombucha, giving us the nod. But this is uh, done simply better range, three flavors. Um, so it'll be in stores. They're going to be promoting it. They're going to have it at events. You know, we're kind of we're going to be representing Duns uh, to say the least. And uh, yeah, it's kind of a big step in the right direction for kombucha. Fr- from um, from um production point of view though it, it really kind of brings you up the ladder quite a bit yeah things are going to be busy this year um, and we're looking forward to it because like we moved into the facility after taking advice from other people that take you know five I think uh, Galway Brewery did like uh, six different moves over mm. ten years and we we're like okay Sam we don't want to do that so this gonna it's going to flesh out the production and it's going to uh, everybody at All About Kombucha is going to be working a, a little bit harder but that'll be good and um, hmm. Keith how many have you working currently? we are a team of seven seven? yeah wow and exactly for those that haven't heard and have had their head in the sand what exactly is kombucha? 
Kombucha is tea, water, sugar and thyme. So it's a fermented tea. You let it ferment for about 21 days and it goes from like a really sweet tea to like um, a tart kind of like almost, um, how would you say, without saying sour, but it has like a, a punchy taste. A tangy taste. A tangy taste, yeah. Tangy taste. That's your man drinking it outside the window that said tangy in my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'd know about tangy being from me up. That's yeah. um, And again, I mean, the benefit of kombucha then, guys. Yes. Yeah. So when I was on here with you last, you were talking about your instinct, Keith, weren't you? Mm, I was. You're, you were saying that you got a gut instinct. I have a great gut instinct, yeah. That's the one, yeah. Great gut instinct. So um, everyone's got that like sixth sense. Everyone knows what they should do, what they shouldn't do. People make decisions based on their gut and it's rarely the wrong decision to make. So, you know, that's saying a lot. Um, and in the last, I think, 10 years, the gut now has exploded from people having all different types of ailments to having like um, issues with their gut from IBS. Um, so kombucha then helps that? Kombucha is... What's properties into it? Well, not all kombuchas will necessarily help it because not all kombuchas are live. Mm -hmm. Don's made that clear that they wanted to make sure that they had a live kombucha. We make sure our kombucha is live so it's unpasteurized, it's raw, it's not filtered down. So it's good, good bacteria that you're helping feed your gut. It really is an amazing story and how it all, how it all began. Really, isn't it? Yeah, it's been an incredible journey and, you know, we're so thankful to everybody that's helped us along the way because you know yourself with the business uh, kind of sphere at the moment, you know, there's restaurants going down the shops going down there's people that we know that are losing their businesses like because of just the the kind of the economy at the moment and you know we couldn't be here without like the team that we've had over the last six years and Good. supporters our family and friends so it's like you know it's a it's a team effort really like to get to this place you know so is it all in duns now as we speak this morning it's live it's live it's, it's live. in duns and how much have you delivered pallet loads yeah, loads, yeah. yeah. Lost count now at this stage. <laughs> yeah, we're a only few, we're a few thousand units anyway. It was the it was a forklift job. Yeah, What's it? You yeah. There's no more hand the bombing them into the back of the boot of the car, <laughs> bringing them down to ground and go, and hopefully Kevin's <laughs> happy. I think it's a lovely success story, and it would have made a lovely documentary to take you from day one in the 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 old gym to where you are today. Um, but uh, someone just know what it costs. You'll have to go into Duns and find out. I don't know what they're saying. What's it retailing at? You don't know. Three forty nine. 3.49 yeah and it's good for you yeah. guys I wish I had more time but thank you indeed it's all about kombucha but Emmett Kerrigan thank you and Keith Loftus thank you for joining us uh, today thank you for taking the, the risk that you took by going into business and by making it a success that it is and well done on getting into Dunn's stores congratulations to you well done and we shall see you soon in the studio again thanks for having us on thanks, thanks Keith thanks guys quick commercial break we're back just after these I love success stories like that